Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to another edition of Solutions Watch. I am James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. It is February 2023, and as you may have noticed, I'm getting a bit old these days, and I'm feeling a bit old these days as I find the pace of change on the internet uh, often leaves me feeling like an old man yelling at clouds, and I'm comfortable with that. I'm perfectly happy to be that old avuncular figure in the alternative media space, but I'm increasingly aware that I am old. Uh, <laughs> I use outdated software technologies for connecting with guests. I stick to long-form uh, videos when obviously TikTok is the way to go and all of these other things that are changing rapidly. Um, and so I am not, uh, let's just say, a young man anymore. Um, making his way in the world. But that is why I have always been and continue to be excited when I find fresh, new, young people out there bringing important information to the masses and spreading awareness of this amongst the next generation of people. I'm probably not going to be that person to reach um, people who are just coming up in the system right now, but hopefully younger people can do that and can find their own way in charting that. And on that very note, today on Solutions Watch, we're going to be looking at one organization that is at least attempting to do exactly that. It is called Students Against Mandates. Their website is studentsagainstmandates.ca, and I will direct your attention there so you can find their work, who they are, and their various media platforms and other things in which you can discover more about them. But just reading from studentsagainstmandates.ca, it says, under support our cause, Students Against Mandates is a community of proud, critical thinkers who support decision-making backed by data. We oppose divisive mandates, discriminatory vaccine passports, and the tyranny that makes these unjust things possible. We believe in liberty and the freedom to make our own informed personal health decisions with zero coercion. We are committed to the elimination of vaccine and mask mandates all across uh, across all college and university campuses, which I imagine is a mandate that most of my listeners could certainly get behind. And if you are more interested in the, the bigger story here, you can, of course, go to studentsagainstmandates.ca and browse their About section and their resources, get involved, podcast, articles, press. There's a lot to explore there, and I'm still just exploring it myself, but I am glad to be doing so. And rather than me just reading the website to you, why don't we bring on a couple of the people involved with the organization, including the organization's founder, Lee Vossen, and uh, one of the people involved with the organization, Stuart Monroe. Lee, Stuart, thank you for coming on the program. Thank you so much for having me. I'll just say quickly that Sheldon, Sheldon Monroe, which you close before? though, Stuart. Stuart has a nice ring to it. Yeah, I, we may just it go sounds with that. about right, doesn't it? It sounds. <laughs> it, does, it sounds yeah. Scottish. Uh, well, anyway, I've had a me on the website. Yep, yeah. um, thank you so much for having us. Really excited to be here. Don't worry, yeah, guys. I'm dope. a professional. I've been doing this for 16 years, so I never screw up. Uh, anyway, okay, all right. Well. Botched introduction aside, uh, Sheldon Lee, thank you for joining us today. And um, as I say, there's a there's a lot of information to go through here, but I wanted to start actually with your own personal background, how you came, uh, well, first of all, your, who you are, where you came from, but how you became interested in this particular cause and why you started doing Students Against Mandate. And I guess, uh, Lee, as the, as the Student Against Mandate founder, let's start with you. Yeah, absolutely. So... I'm 27 years old. I'm a graphic designer. I had attended Red River College, graduated in 2018. I was working in industry and then the pandemic hit and I decided I'm going to take this time to go back to school. So uh, I started doing business administration at Red River College 
And I was an online student at the time. The whole time I was was in it, um, it was online. And I received an email from the president of the of the college, uh, Fred Meyer, in August of 2021, announcing that vaccine mandates were going to be implemented on campus. So any student who needed to be on campus, like nursing students, anything like that, um, who need, needed sort of that hands-on training, if they were not vaccinated, they would not be able to go on campus and essentially they wouldn't be able to complete their program. And prior to all this, and, and even prior to the pandemic, I had been noticing a lot of things that I just really didn't agree with in, in politics and woke ideology and all these sorts of things. So at the beginning of the pandemic, I really was against forcing people and coercing people into taking um, an injection, uh, an experimental uh, injection at that um, against their will. So I decided I had felt for a long time very frustrated by all of it. And I, at this point, when I received that email, I decided I needed to do something and, and I couldn't say, stay silent. Um, a quote actually by Jordan Peterson came to mind. When you have something to say, silence is a lie. So I decided, OK, what can I do? I'll write an email. And I spent an hour or so composing this email. It's very polite, but basically saying I would like to set up a meeting with you, the president of Red River to discuss the data behind these policies. I'd like to understand how this makes sense. Um, and then I ended up taking that and posting into this Facebook group chat of like 5,000 anti-mandate people. I just joined like two days prior, so I didn't know anyone. But I said, can you guys copy this, paste it, send it to him? I know about 40 or so did that. Um, and a few days later, uh, an email came out saying, okay, there's a revision to this policy. Prior to that, it was um, there would be no exemptions or exceptions. Then they said, okay, you can you can do exemptions. So if you're a doctor or if you have a religious exemption, we'll allow that. Um, and they refused to meet with me. I ended up calling them, leaving voicemail messages, all this. They refused to meet with me. So then I thought, okay, I'm a graphic designer. Let's use my skills. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a doctor. I don't have any of that. But I can brand things and I can um, share information in a meaningful way and communicate it to an audience and, and and do that effectively. So I started an Instagram and it just spiraled from there. I uh, started receiving like hundreds of messages from people. Prior to this, I felt so isolated, so alone. All of my friends, I didn't have a single friend who agreed with me um, on these views. And yeah, just had all these people, including teachers, former teachers, professors, messaging saying, I agree with you. I'm too scared. I don't know what to do. I'm going to lose my job. Uh, you know, I got one dose of the vaccine. Now I'm injured. I'm scared to get the second. It was, it was, it was crazy. Um, and that's how it started. Incredible. All right, Sheldon, how about you? Well, I'm, um, my name is Sheldon Monroe. I'm from Vancouver Island, Canada. I now attend James Alma Matter, which is University of Calgary. I'm in my fourth year of Law and Society, and it's been a, an interesting ride to say the least, but a, a pretty rewarding one through, through strange, um, strange ways, uh, to say the least. And um, so I was a student actually prior at Camosun uh, College in, in Victoria. And, um, you know, it's it's interesting, I, flashing back and, and preparing for this interview, I was thinking, trying to recall um, what kind of led me to, to, to be skeptical uh, of at least the, the pervasive narrative. Um, and, you know, it, Many a large credit goes to my my parents and my family. I, I grew up in a, um, a family with a mother was a, a economist, and my father was a statistician. So we have a, a high regard for empirical evidence before making decisions. And of course, um, we we tend not to be driven by fear. That's at least something we we, we um, kind of 
like to like to to uh, to do. Um, and so I recalled back to um, actually growing up in a household where we were very skeptical about uh, certain things uh, after 9-11, per se, you know, um, the, the fear that went into people's, you know, knee-jerk reactions to make strong decisions in reaction uh, to 9-11 and Patriot Act. We had watched your show for years, James, and, uh, and, and we saw many of the same things occurring during COVID. You know, we're chasing vague terms like safety, trying to accomplish safety. Well, what is safety? And, and there wasn't a lot of stopping and, and thinking and, and, and um, thinking clearly and going from there. Instead, we were making wild decisions uh, very quickly and um, with a lot of fear mongering. And so immediately is very skeptical. And um, again, I, like many students had gone through a course. Now, all of a sudden, we were in, in I think it was my first or second year of university, and then we're locked down, we're out of school, uh, everything stopped, it went all online for two years. A uh, very, very abusive university uh, system. Uh, I would say it was abusive on a number of, of levels, and that was you know, directly from how we received our education. The quality um, was abused, and, and of course, you know, spiritually as well, and, 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 and thought-wise. Um, it was very difficult a few years, and um, but but in a learning experience at the same time, I was able to make a clear differentiation between those who were driven by fear and those who weren't. It's it is a very clear clear separation, I, I believe. Um, and so yeah, it was after about two years, I, you know, just kind of going enough is enough. This is absolutely crazy. I had a friend. I had reached out to a few friends and a few professors, and um, I had a wonderful professor, and he said, "Well, you ought to look up." you know, a student organization, student group, and get involved. Um, I think Lee's quote there was was very uh, pertinent to the to the times. And, and of course, that was the case. If you have a skill and, you know, or you're willing to say something, do so. Um, and I think we got a lot of inspiration from from people and from adults who, who were standing up and, you know, even against the grain and when it wasn't popular at great risk to their own livelihood and their own health and, and many other things, um, standing up and saying, geez, this, this isn't right. Let's at least stop and think about this. This doesn't seem to make any sense. Um, and, and so that was, you know, quite a liberating experience in its own right uh, to, to learn from people through this kind of difficult situation. Um, but then I reached out to Students Against Mandates. I went online one day and I just thought, yeah, you know what, I, I ought to reach out to a student group. To be honest, there was such censorship at the time, and um, you know, it was, it was very difficult to even believe that there was anybody fighting back um, at, at the student level. But um, I found Students Against Mandates, sent Lee a message, and and we've been working together ever since. And it's been an amazing process. So in in that regard, it it totally um, reshaped my life very quickly. And and learning to to what ought to be done and what needs to be the focus, I think, of of my life and professional career, and being the sense of helping to to send out a, a different narrative, an opposite, an opposing narrative to the mainstream. And, and, and so I think characters like yourself, James, have been very inspirational in that sense. And, and yeah, Lee and, and all of our members, we've, we've uh, had a very rewarding experience, a difficult one, a lot of work, but, but very rewarding at the same time. Excellent. Well, Sheldon, you, you make an important point that I think uh, is sometimes uh, forgotten, uh, even by people who are very much involved in the types of issues that we are involved in discussing right now, which is that not everyone who has gone along with the craziness of the past few years is an inherently evil or malicious person. In fact, the majority of people are driven by fear because they are ill-informed and misinformed. And I suppose we can blame them for being misinformed and ill-informed. How dare you? You should get up to speed. But at any rate, that certainly presents a different task or a different way of framing our task, which is to inform people so that they are less driven by fear 
into positions that they should not be driven into. So I think that that is an important thing to keep in mind and a nice way of focusing on what it is that you're doing and why you're doing it. But I guess the general question for someone like myself, an old fuddy-duddy who's decades out of post-secondary education and living halfway around the world, uh, I'm a bit confused. It's 2023. Are there still mandates to be against? Isn't that all over? Mm-hmm. No, it's not over. Um, there are plenty of mandates, especially mask mandates across Canada, uh, including at our, well, I, I'm in Manitoba, including at the University of Manitoba, um, Dalhousie, Brock University, the Wilfrid Laurier uh, University just dropped their uh, mask mandate um, about 10 days after we protested outside the, or in Waterloo Town Square. Um, but there are a lot. And then there's also mandates for students who are wanting to get into certain programs uh, specifically healthcare programs. So we had a member who applied to a school in BC. She got in, um, went through quite a rigorous process to get in. And then they said, okay, upload your proof of vaccination. She wanted to get into naturopathy. And she said, well, I can't. And she tried to submit an exemption, but they wouldn't um, take any exemptions from a Manitoba doctor. You had to get a BC doctor. And she said, well, I don't, I'm not in BC right now. I can't do that. So she had to um, defer and she said, I, I just don't think I'm going to end up going there. I'm going to have to find somewhere else to go. So um, there are still mandates and mask and vaccine. Yeah. And to add to, add to that, um, we did a great job of summarizing that. But to add to that, um, also the threat of them returning is, is very consistent at the schools. Um, and, and continually, I mean, you can go on almost any, I think it's actually pretty well, every university website we've been trying to make a, an Excel spreadsheet and categorize all the schools that do have mandates or not, just so we can keep track of them. Um, but on every website, regardless of, of, you know, universities across the country state that still on the website, you ought to get vaccinated. You know, we may not be mandating, mandating it currently, but but you should still. And so strongly pushing it, um, I think that that still kind of falls under our purview and, and, um, and so something we're against as well. Yeah, and that can, they can bring them back at any moment. So mm-hmm. something we're really trying to fight for is to say, no, you need to acknowledge that these were harmful policies and that you can't bring them back because every university going on all their websites, it says this can be brought back at a moment's notice. So That's an incredibly important point because, again, so much of what we've lived through for the past few years has been precedent setting. So we better make sure that that precedent is that they cannot do this and it will not exactly. happen again. So. Hats off to you for that. But you do mention your protest at, is it Wilfrid Laurier that uh, you were involved in? That that indicates to me two things. One, that um, there are other people. There's a, a large number of people, uh, presumably, who are on your side. And two, that you are engaged in active protests like that. Tell us about some of the actions that, uh, that are going on or have gone on under Students Against Mandates banner. Yeah, of course. Well, we've done a number of protests. We've done several outside of the University of Manitoba, the Wilfrid one. I speak, we do speaking engagements, um, attended the um, Free Speech and Medicine Conference. Uh, we're, we're doing all sorts of projects and initiatives, including the, the podcast that we have. So we've been doing that. And we're right now working on an open letter to the University of Manitoba um, to insist that they do take down their mandates. And if they don't, we're planning on protesting again outside the university. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so it's, we were kind of covering, we've done a great job, and I think in the sense, and credit to Lieb for for kind of setting up our organization to cover all bases. You know, our, our podcast series are, are, are 
meant to, to inform fellow students and, and also just keep track of this information. That's been a big process alone. Um, and then, of course, yes, as well, having students at universities all across the country um, who, who have set up a base for our organization and, and, and who are um, speaking out against their, their, their own school's uh, policies. So, yeah. In, in terms of some other initiatives and whatnot that we do, we've also been um, going to public areas in, in Winnipeg and our cities and whatnot and setting up sort of change my mind booths and engaging, especially when the VAX mandates were in place, where there was really quite a big debate on that. Um, a lot of people I'm starting to notice do agree on the mask mandate, that it's ridiculous and outdated, doesn't need to be around anymore. But we go to these public spaces and set up this booth with our banner and SAM members, and we talk to the public. And a lot of them didn't even know that there were uh, vaccine mandates on campuses. Um, and then we also set up sort of community events. So Again, back when um, students were not allowed to go to university or really in, meet up with other students because you weren't allowed to have like an unvaccinated person attend someone else's house. I was hosting um, gatherings and ended up getting to about 60 people at a gathering. So so many students wanting to come. But I was trying to um, bring them together, these students who are isolated and have them like form these connections and then feel like they have this base in this community so that they would then feel comfortable to speak up and also get involved. That was the big thing I was seeing on social media was, oh, I love what you're doing. I really support you, but please don't tell anyone I support you because I'm too scared to say anything. I was like, well, you need you need someone to back you and you need people in your corner. You need to feel comfortable because we need you to speak up. So I just started meeting people for coffee. And then eventually there were so many people that I was meeting. I was like, let's just get this all together and, and do big social gatherings. Um, so those were really, really successful as well. Awesome. I love to hear about all of that action. And and on the, on the note of the podcast and the media that you produce and helping to inform others and keep yourselves informed about all of these different events taking place and the different mandates in different places and their, what, what's going on in the news, um, I, I will direct people to your podcast, which now has a pretty voluminous back archive of a lot of very fascinating interviews. I'll point people specifically to your interview with Brian Peckford. Um, very fascinating, lots of good information, but there's many, many other interviews besides. Tell us a little bit about the podcast and some of the people you've talked to. Yeah, so we start the podcast. I'm not a podcaster. Initially, I remember before the pandemic, my friend saying like, you could probably do that. You'd be good at that. I was like, that sounds so terrifying to me. I don't like public speaking. I don't like doing podcasting, but we got into it because we thought it's important to start having these conversations and we need to um, sort of back ourselves with this knowledge from doctors, physicians, nurses, um, politicians, free thinkers. And when we're asking these questions, we're genuinely, genuinely curious. We, we don't have all the answers and we want to learn from these people. So I thought this is sort of an important next step for Sam. And doing this has been Fantastic. I've absolutely loved it. Didn't think I'd love being a podcaster, but we're learning and, and really enjoying it. We've had interviews with people like um, Dr. Julie Panessi, Brian Peckford, like you mentioned, Dr. Ryan Cole, um, yourself. There's been there's been so many. Harry Wade, we've interviewed, who is the student who got arrested and dragged out of his class. Um, and then we've interviewed people with adverse reactions. So uh, we've allowed them to share their their story and um, some very, very brave individuals, because that was during a time when you're essentially crucified for coming out and saying, hey, I got injured by a vaccine. Uh, so those are really important interviews as well. Yeah, yeah we, we um, 
it's been interesting because for myself, I'm in, in liberal arts and the idea of liberal arts is to liberate one's mind. And so for us, we really do use this this platform or the, the method of podcasting as sort of a classroom uh, of sorts that we're able to learn from people. And it, and we we are genuinely curious when we when we ask people. And it's um, I think it's quite amazing when we'll even call each other after and go, oh my gosh, what incredible information we just were able to retain, not only for ourselves, but obviously for our viewers as well. But it's um, it's been incredibly rewarding in that sense, being in at least for fourth year of myself and, and ha- really having this as the key moment and or the key uh, method of, of getting such information, such crucial information. And it has been an incredibly liberating process um, uh, having done this. So yeah, it's, it's been really quite wonderful. And of course, we are, again, we're not, we're not really podcasters at heart or by skill or by trade. So um, it's been a, a challenge uh, or a fun exercise, at least in, in, in gaining that uh, skill of, of how to do it. But uh, fun, fun all the all And the last. jumping in at the deep end and learning the hard way about censorship and other such mm-hmm. fun issues. Oh, Tell us yeah. about the battles you've had with that. It has been unreal. I knew there was censorship for sure before I even start Sam. Um, but the Insta- I'll start with the Instagram profile because that, that's where we started and we gained followers really fast. Um, so not too long into starting it, I probably had about 4,000 followers or 3,000 followers when I first started to notice censorship. Um, they would remove my posts or censor the posts. So for example, I did um, a post with I think it was a quote from Abraham Lincoln, um, something about adversity. And they censored that as uh, misinformation and we were banned from posting for two weeks. Um, And then after that, I started to notice things like I would post and my post would just show up as a black square um, to everybody who was looking at it, not just on my end. Uh, We started getting messages from people saying, hey, I, I was following you. But now when I go back to your page, I'm not following you. And I'll click follow, refresh. I'm not following you anymore. We weren't able to follow people. Um, I I have found it is impossible to get over 8,000 some followers. We're kind of stuck there. We'll get a post that's um, really, really popular and circulating a lot. And our followers will go up by hundreds in one day. But then it will go down by hundreds as well in the same moment. So every time we gain a follower, we lose a follower or two. And it's extremely frustrating. And just the other, uh, I guess in February here, it's still February, but for Valentine's Day, we um, we had posted Valentine's Day cards. And immediately I was noticing so much traction, uh, a lot of people sharing it, and then it just stopped. The likes stopped, the share stopped. And the links in my Instagram story um, were broken and it would just redirect you back to Instagram. So people couldn't buy them. And I mean, they're just joking valentine's day cards like i'd like to lock down this relationship with a picture of trudeau and it's like so that's censored you can't even buy these got a lot of complaints like i'd like to buy it but i can't so we definitely lost revenue on that um but then youtube has removed so many of our videos like uh dr francis christian and dr ryan cole and stephanie seneff and um it's yeah it's kind of exhausting so now we're kind of focusing on rumble to post on rumble all of our videos are on rumble and then now we're just kind of doing five minute ten minute clips on uh youtube and then redirecting to rumble like go watch the whole interview over there um and now we're kind of focusing more on twitter although we have noticed some censorship there with not being able to post i'll type something up send it out and it will disappear three seconds later so lots of censorship going on 
And as Lee brings up Twitter, it's interesting too because um, you know there's obviously been Twitter files have been released, and we kind of understand how the censorship was working on in, in Twitter's world. But you know, it's amazing. It 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 hasn't ended in regards to YouTube or or many other social media platforms. So we're still very much facing those those issues. But I think at one point too, it it becomes a little bit comical. I mean, just again, what what they're censoring, how they're doing it, and um and so it's been an interesting process, but process, but very reflective, of course, of our of our society in general, particularly in our university in our classrooms, it, it, there's a veil and you can almost feel it in the air of, of, of censorship. Um, and, and so, yeah, it, it's, it was eerily reminiscent of, of our schools to say the least. And so um, an interesting, interesting process. An educational process, perhaps. All right. Well, all right. So what's coming up next for Sam? Uh, so we our, our main goal right now is to focus on getting rid of these these mask mandates and um, obviously the university vaccine mandates. But then there's also still mandates for people in the healthcare field. Um, that would be sort of our next thing. And we also need to start tackling the greater issue, which is this woke ideology on our campuses that are keeping students from using critical thinking skills. I think that's really what got us into this spot in the first place. And that's something that needs to be addressed. So once we finish tackling what we've been working on for some time, I think that's kind of the next step um, so that we can ensure this sort of stuff never happens again. And you need to analyze how this happened. I think, I think the woke ideology is a huge part of it among other things as well. Yeah, I think Lee summarized that that really quite well. Yeah, it's it's um, I was just in an interview yesterday. You know, every time we we do a, an interview or discussion or just speak with people in the streets we meet or or any other setting, I mean the the absurdity of what we've been through in the past year and and the level of you know magnitude of this crime is 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 shocking. Every time you rehear people's different stories and 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 their own troubles that they face, in many cases we're interviewing very prominent people or you know doctors and and people who have done been based upon their their careers been based in science um and the troubles that they've faced i mean it's just something where you can't get over what you're hearing and and it's so in that case it means i don't think we're just going to pack up shop and and leave this this kind of um, discussion easily we're, we're in it i think for for uh, the long haul because um this has been such a an awful disaster and, and like lee had said we need to ensure that this just doesn't happen again yeah and and i should say too like Prior to, as I had said in the beginning, there were things prior to the pandemic that made me realize this sort of stuff may happen or whatnot. The response from students I found very disheartening that they didn't stand up and say something. But I I kind of figured that's what it would be based on stuff I'd seen prior. And it, it really is this group think and group mentality I find so dangerous. And um, that's I had been so bothered by that at the beginning of the pandemic with people kind of putting on the sticker saying like, I got my vaccine. Did you get yours and making it a trend and, and then shaming and ridiculing anyone who, who didn't. And then labeling people, this cancel culture. I, I would speak out about this before the pandemic, but I would make posts saying, Hey guys, cancel culture is not good. Let's just try to engage in dialogue discussion and be respectful. And if you feel triggered and you can't engage, then back off and, and leave it alone. But there's no need for canceling people with no ability for them to redeem themselves. This is a really dangerous um, idea. And then I, you know, I'd get people blocking me or attacking or sending nasty messages, but never really debating me on my points. 
And I was like, what happened to just discussion and dialogue and, and civil discourse? I find this so dangerous. And then here we are in a pandemic and people are crucifying um, the unvaccinated. And um, like, I saw so many posts that calling for them to, to die and things like that. I just thought, People should be able to debate this without being being just crucified. So yeah, yeah there's there's a lot of a lot of issues. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just going to add really quickly. I mean, it's interesting, James, being from Canada. I know you're in Japan now, but I mean, I, I'm sure you'd have recalled too, and, and at least heard about this. I mean, there was our, our I think the National Post ran a, a page uh, on the front front cover um, about a year ago stating, should we put the unvaccinated in jail? Of course, unvaccinated is a very vague term, right? Unvaccinated, again, this is the vagueness. It's very reminiscent to many times of, of uh, tyranny in the past where they use vague terms, but, um, you know, unvaccinated against what? But but in terms of we should put them in jail. What's the poll? Where would we stand with the country wondering if we should put these people in jail? Um, you know, and we go down a very slippery slope in terms of talking about putting people in jail, um, in terms of, 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 you know, potentially being on the border, and I don't say this lightly, of being in a genocide. This is very intense stuff. Um, and so I think it would be, uh, we'd be remiss to say the least if we, we didn't ensure that this doesn't happen again, of course, for our generation, but for the next as well. Um, so, so we've, yeah, it's, it's quite the, the task on, on all of our hands. But anyways, I just felt I should throw that in there. Yeah. Well, quite the task indeed, and I think you will find many sympathetic ears in the audience of people who definitely hear the issues you are raising and are on your side, but I think those people will divide into three categories. There will be the people who themselves are students who are living through this. Uh, there are the people who are who have students in their families um, who are dealing with this um, by proxy, and then there are people like myself who are not connected to this issue directly but still want to support you guys and what you're doing. How can those different classes of listeners help uh, and support what you're doing? Well, if you're a student yourself and you want to get involved, that would be huge, whether you just want to be a part of a community and maybe not feel isolated in your views, contact us. And if you want to get involved and really make a difference, send us an email, like head to our website, www.studentsagainstmandates.ca. There's a, you know, get involved link and sign up because we'd love to have you on the team. Um, We're trying to essentially make representatives at different colleges or different provinces. And then we're creating a foundation and, you know, documents and, and whatnot to help resources to help people, the reps in different provinces to create their own network, SAM network. So that's something that's being built out because we need to expand more. We already do have some reps in different places, but it needs to develop further. Um, In addition, uh, obviously checking out our our platforms, Rumble, follow us on Rumble, comment, like, subscribe, all that fun stuff, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. And then uh, we're a nonprofit run by students um volunteer students we do not make any money off of any of this stuff we're always selling like merchandise uh taking donations uh so that's always something that's really helpful because there are expenses that come with all this stuff printing banners getting uh podcast equipment what what have you um so that's always a very helpful thing as well yeah and lee again nailed it i I just think it's um from from my side of it um um, really mainly helping out with the podcast, but uh, it's been an incredible experience. And if, if those students who want to join, um, it's been an amazing experience in, in, in meeting intelligent, diligent, like-minded people from all across the country uh, in our age cohort. It's 
I mean, that is really a point of universities is to have this dialogue to connect. Um, and and we've really been isolated in that in that regard. And so having this ability to, to all of a sudden have friends who are really intelligent people in in um, you know Winnipeg and then all the way to, to Montreal, all across the country, it really helps to have a, a wonderful uh, group of people to uh, who are supportive and and uh, love open discussion and and. Uh, Free, free thoughts. And so um, anyways, I encourage those who, who are debating it uh, to, to, to get involved and, and to, um, to, to join a, a group of people who, who are really um, focused on, on yeah. getting good information out there and good discussions amongst each other. Excellent. Well, let me reiterate that I am so excited. I am so pleased to see that your group exists, that it is thriving, that it is growing, that it is gaining momentum, that it is winning successes in various places like Wilfrid Laurier and other places that are dropping mandates. And hopefully we can continue that momentum, but it will require the support of people out there. So if there are people in my audience who are similarly energized and enthused to see young people out there taking action, Please support them. Please support their efforts, especially, of course, to my Canadian listeners who can directly get involved with this group. And if you're somewhere else in the world, I hope you can find a group in your own place or start one for yourself. I hope this can serve as inspiration for other uh, students around the world who are facing similar issues and not just mandates, but many issues, as we've touched on here today. Anyway, I think we'll leave it here for today. I hope people will start exploring studentsagainstmandates.ca. Obviously, the link will be in the show notes, so you can follow it that way if that's easier for you. But I think we'll leave the conversation there. Leave Austin. Stuart, no, Sheldon Monroe, (laughs) thank you very much for your time today. Thank you, James. Thank you so much. We really appreciate appreciate it. it.